Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm Scott Nicholl, the host, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Travis Morgan. James OB can't make it tonight. He's really busy. Um, so it's just me and Trav. Um, we're going to go through the weekend's ball, a preview. Preview to Man United against Wolves at OT Saturday, 3 o'clock. Palace. Palace. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's Liverpool and Wolves, isn't it? Yeah. Man yeah, United Liverpool. and Palace. Yeah. And... Um, we're basically going to go through our two dead clubs. We've got we we'll both support dead clubs, don't we? Like we we've got a, a dead Gakpo in the January transfer window, <laughs> and you've signed two dead loan players. I mean, what has happened to to our two once great clubs that were scratching around the loan bin? Both of us scrambling to finish top four. No bright future ahead. Is that the way you see it, Trav? <laughs> Are you trying to tarnish us with your brush, mate? Because it's not working at all, bro. <laughs> nice, Do you know nice. why? It was only it was only thinking in the stream and thinking um, of you signing Sabitza. Is that it? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Sabitza. Yeah, and then I thought, and you got Veghorst on loan. So two mm. lone dead cats. Yeah. I mean, what's Tenag thinking? What's the thinking behind it? Are you skin? Are you skinter than Liverpool? Um, or yeah. is this just to tide you over till the summer when there's some big plans to spend another 250 million? I think it's exactly what you've just said there. And like you said, we've been criticized heavily for the, the recruitment in terms of us buying like older profiles of players, like sort of like Cavani's and Agalos and Ronaldo's on two, three year deals on astronomical wages. And then we can't get rid of them for the duration of the contract. They've all, Ronaldo had his terminated, Cavani left on a free, Agarlo left, but it was very difficult for us to get rid of him. So we're trying to sort of right those wrongs, whether we've got the right players in or not, remains to be seen in terms of their output on the pitch. But what we can guarantee is what they've bought is, is a certain attitude and an experience, which is going to add to the squad. Um, both deals have got no options to buy on a permanent inserted into the contracts, whether they get bought or not remains to be seen. But I think it leaves us in control of the recruitment. And I think that's what I'm impressed by at the moment since sort of Ten Hag's come in. And I also have to give credit to John Murtaugh as well, who stepped in Ed Woodward's shoes. I think he's been really, really sort of persistent with with trying to get Ten Hag's targets as much as he can possible because you're not going to get every... This is the thing about like directors of football and CEOs and stuff like that. Fans and players and managers will demand signings, but you're not going to get every single signing in one window. So you would have we would have prioritised what the club needed. We might have missed out on some targets, but a manager's job is to coach the team and sort of get on with it at times. And you can't grumble with a £200 million spend in the summer a couple of and the rest, yeah, and the uh, rest, and the rest, <laughs> and the rest, yeah, exactly. Two fifty, wasn't it? Yeah, it's about two fifty, about two between two thirty and two fifty, I believe it was. And then you've got Sabitzu, who's very, who's got a lot of European pedigree, anyway. Um, especially in the Bundesliga, he's a full international. He's a very experienced player, and I think he'll just add some steel in the midfield. He's got more than that as well. He's a little bit. Um, his quality in terms of his sort of advanced play as well. He plays a little bit higher up than what Ericsson is. Ericsson's more of sort of a deep line playmaker. Sabitzer likes to join and get beyond the strikers and stuff. So hopefully settles. It will get him some minutes as well. But if it doesn't work out, he just goes back to buying it. We're in a good position. 
Um, he's going to have to do a lot to impress me because obviously us Liverpool fans are going to be all over it as soon as he puts a foot wrong or a, <laughs> a, a misplaced pass. You know what it's like because uh, what we've gone through with Arthur Mello, we need him to be <laughs> as bad as that. If he don't mind getting injured on his debut, that'll be right up my street. And I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure Ob would echo that if he was on the stream tonight. Um, oh, but yeah, like like you say. These two signings, Veghorst and Sabitzer, they're surely just stop gaps. Neither yeah. of them, I'm not writing Sabitzer off yet. He hasn't even kicked the ball yet, but surely neither of them are eyeing up a permanent deal in the summer. No, I wouldn't envisage so at all. I mean, I think that's why sort of the agreement um, with no permanent purchase that wasn't included in, in either contract. I think it's just the the Sabitzer one was definitely a reaction to Ericsson's injury, without a doubt. I think with Donny van der Beek out for the season, even though he wasn't playing, with McTominay also being injured for a number of weeks, and then the Ericsson one till April, I think we we sort of act to act. It left us with sort of three first-team midfielders and one or two kids that can play in there. And I think with the amount of games we've got left, with the amount of competitions we're still in, it did leave us a little bit light. So I think we had to bring somebody in. But again, another positive I can see from the loan is that the fact that we've not gone out and spent big and bought someone in that position shows to me that we're going to do that in the summer. So it looks like to me we've got one or two targets lined up for that position alongside Casemiro. Um, and I think we are going to spend on a big boy in, in that midfield to get a partner for Casemiro long term. So that, again, is, a, is exciting news for me, to be fair. It can't be long-term, brother, because Casemiro has only got one or two years left nah. at, at the top. Come on, Casemiro is 31 next week. Nah. Um, but yeah, obviously, Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot more, um, managing the Onto the Ball Twitter page. Don't forget to drop us a follow, guys, if any of you are watching. So I've been delving into Twitter pretty much for the first time, and the Liverpool yeah. fan base erupted that Ericsson got injured and you signed a loan, a loanee, Literally yeah. six hours later, we've gone the whole of January, or you could even say the last six months of Arthur Mello being injured, knowing, yeah. obviously, we bring in Arthur Mello, it's because we need reinforcements. He got injured straight away, he's not played, so surely in January, we still need reinforcements. We sit on our hands, we don't bring anyone in, and Man United bring in Sabitza six hours after Ericsson got injured. Yeah, and it must leave a bit of taste in the fans' mouths. And and like you said, the thing about Twitter is is you get a lot of frustration, a lot of anger, and people just vent and say exactly what they want um, when they want to on Twitter. And and like you said, when your team's not doing well, Twitter can be a very, very dark place because you get a lot of opinion. No, it's true. I've been there with United over three years of it under Ollie. Um, honestly, like with people giving opinions and on United and stuff like that. And you buy into what you want to buy into. And I think I, I sort of like Twitter in a way because you get a lot of different opinions, but you just buy into what you buy into and you get support from certain people and stuff like that. But it can be taken too seriously sometimes and out of context, which is, which is the nasty side of it. But just going back to your point in terms of like sort of Liverpool's recruitment and stuff, I've, what you've been so impressive with over the years is like not sort of buying into what other teams are doing, not reacting as to what other teams are doing. And I do think you did need to sign a midfielder. But if you look at sort of the fees people were paying for permanent deals, this isn't me saying that there weren't deals out there to be had for Liverpool. They, they definitely certainly were. But if you have got a plan of, yeah, Jude Bellingham's definitely agreeing, he's definitely coming, then 
you don't just get anyone. But on the flip side of that, Bellingham has to come in. Do you know what I mean? It has to be agreed. It has to all be sort of done behind the scenes, set and sealed, um, set in stone. So Not just that, though, Travis. Um, we'll cover it when we do the Liverpool uh, yeah. Wolves uh, preview soon. But not just that. We need Bellingham and one or two others. Mm. So it is a bit like in January, if one of the two others was available, we still need to get them. And that shouldn't hamper any pursuit for Jude Bellingham come June, July. No. Um, but like you, I'm sure you're just about to allude to, it's no guarantee we're getting Jude Bellingham in the summer. So, no, yeah, the Twitter is literally, it's That's simmering. About Twitter as well, it makes me laugh. Like, when people speak about money on Twitter and finances, they go on like it's just this entity that doesn't exist and it's like every club has infinite resource and infinite mm. funds. Like, just go and spend 250 million. I'm like... Do yeah, you what's your problem? And how much that is. Like, if <laughs> I had that money, I would love to be able to spend it on, on three or four players. But 250 million is like, it's not just a figure that any club has. Do you know what I mean? That's astronomical amounts of money. And Liverpool, in all fairness to them, have never spent that type of money. They've spent big no. money, don't get me wrong, on players. But like you said, they've always sort of sold players when, when they've needed to. But again, like you said, you've got to move with the times. If you want to compete at the top and you want to compete with the big boys, you do have to move in line with what's happening at the moment. Clubs are spending, like you said, not just the big boys now. You've got Villa, who spent a lot quite recently. Nottingham Forest have signed 30 players. Yeah. You know I mean? They're, they're Probably just... even more than that now. Have they not just yeah. signed another five? It's getting ridiculous, isn't like it? 30. Jordan Ayew's just signed for them. 30 have signed since the summer. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, Clubs are spending money and, and Forrest are like 14th in the league. So there's no real excuse for Liverpool now from this summer, especially now that the window's slammed shut and they've only signed Gappo. They've got to go big if they want to stay at the top. Right, let's not digress because um, you're depressing me on the Man United preview and we've still got to do the Liverpool one in 20 minutes' time. So let's not digress. Man United... Yeah. Uh, through to a, a cup final in Ten Hag's first six months at the club. You must be delighted with that. I didn't yeah. watch any of the game last night, was it? Or was it Tuesday night? It was last night. Last night. I didn't watch any of the game, but I was listening to TalkSport on the way to work. And Anthony is infuriating people again. What has Anthony done? Has he been messing around with pointless tricks at nil-nil again or something? I think people just think he's a little bit one-dimensional. Like, is all left for and is a little bit predictable and that's what people are finding but it's still early in his in his united career i'm not defending absolutely everything that he's done he's, he's come with a hefty price tag he's going to be expected to sort of deliver results in terms of his productivity from from instant and that's that's what fan bases are like that's what football's like that's what what you get bought for, you're expected to sort of hit the ground running. But it, we can't forget his age. He is still only 22. He's coming from a league where he's not going to have that sort of pressure on him and he's going to be one of the best players in the league. And he's walking into a United side where you're expected to turn in performances week in, week out. But I think for him, I think he's doing okay. Like I said, he's not ripping any, he's not pulling up any trees and, and he's not hit the ground running. He's not been outstanding, but... I think that's what the criticism was, Trav. I don't know if you listened to it on the way to work yourself this morning, no, but they were basically saying no one minds you doing the tricks and entertaining the crowd, but yeah. do it after you've just skinned a player and got an assist or even a goal yourself. 
Mm. They were like, he's not skinning anyone. He's flattering to deceive. And then he's doing the tricks. It's all a bit embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I think that's how Ronaldo was. I think that's how Ronaldo was when he was first here. If you can remember when Cristiano... Yeah, I do remember it. And he was just doing tricks in in sort of the wrong areas. And and, um, he didn't have the sort of productivity that the other players were looking for. And I think it takes some of the characters in the dressing room to sort of coach that out of him and, and tell him like he needs to sort of cross the ball and his decision making is the key. And I can remember when Cristiano was developing, he always used to say that Roy Keane, the likes of Roy Keane and Van Nistelrooy, they would let him know on the pitch when he needed to sort of make the right decisions and he had to learn the hard way at times. But it benefited him. And I think that's going to be similar with Anthony, like with the likes of Casemiro in the side, if we've got a top striker, obviously Rashford's become a little bit of a leader this season in terms of his his end product and how he's starting to change games on his own. Um, and sort of going back to the game as well, I think it was very difficult for us to sort of get going because I think the tie was pretty much over before it started. That was that was the feel I got from the first half. It was a little bit like no one wanted to get injured, foot off the gas, tempo was a little bit slow. And Tenag said that after the game in his comments, actually, he was a little bit disappointed with the input. Then we made three changes, Rash, Martial, Sancho came on it just sort of brought the game to life. I think to have that sort of firepower on the bench shows that we've got quite a few attacking options. Obviously, we've got Nacho starting, Veghorst, Anthony. Do you know what I mean? That is quite a powerful front six. If the front two could stay fit, it would leave us with some really good options. Because Marsh, a fit Martial scores a lot of goals. He's just never fit. It's just just the way it's been for him. His career has been extremely stop-start. But he's a talented player and it's like, can, can he gets in ahead of Veghorst, surely? Yeah, I think, think if he's fit. Yeah, if, if he's fit for the EFL final, he's got to start. He is because everything he brings, he's like he's got the Veghorst has got li- the good link up, but he hasn't got the pace and the dynamism of Martial. Martial is very dynamic with his movement. He's very clever with his link up play, little one twos around the corners and stuff, and he's very inventive and creative with with his players a forward. So I think that puts him ahead of Veghorst in the pecking order. But he's obviously he just he has a lot of fitness issues. I don't know what it's down to. He's always been the same. Um, well, when he first came under Van Aal in that first season, he stayed fit. I think he scored 17 goals as a striker. Then got shifted out when Van Aal got sacked because we bought Ibrahimovic and the likes of Lukaku. And he's just been stop-start. So if he could stay fit, I would love it. But as I said, I think we'll, we'll go into the market in the summer for a striker for sure. Do you think that could mean Tiao would be leaving? What age is he now? Is he 27? yeah, I don't... No, this is the thing, like, I, I don't know. Ten Hag loves him. Do you know what I mean? I can't see him, like, not leaving forever, but just at the same time, I just think um, Ten Hag's got a lot of time for him. So it'll be interesting if he's, if he's happy being in around the squad. With Vegos leaving, he could he could be a rotational player with a, with a top-class striker and the likes of, like, sort of we've been linked with Harry Kane and awesome, a bit to Osman. So we'll have to see how that one pans out with Martial, but... Like I said, there's a feel-good factor. The squad seems like it's together. Everybody seems to be enjoying playing with one another. And there's plenty of games as well. So it's like you do need a squad. So we'll have to see in the summer. Um, So, yeah, on to Crystal Palace on Saturday. Mm. Somewhat of a revenge mission, I I would imagine, after that late, heartbreaking, equalising, superstar, amazing free kick from, uh, what was his name again? 
Elise. Yeah. Yeah. Elise. Yeah. yeah. Um, me and Obi were giving you grief on the WhatsApp group after that, and it was beautiful. I don't <laughs> hold out much hope of it, of the, um, them getting anything at Old Trafford on Saturday, but stranger things have happened. Um, how do you think you'll get on, and what's the predicted lineup? Mm. So, Bitsa, surely not straight in. Mm. No, I think Fred will keep his place because Fred was on the bench and came on. So I can see Fred getting a start. Obviously, you can see Rashford being restored and, and the players that didn't play um, at the weekend, you can see them coming in. I mean, Tenag went really strong with the lineup. Obviously, Garnacho played, Vegos played, but with Martial being back fit now, Rashford being back, I'd expect them to, to sort of be restored to the starting lineup. Um, Anthony will probably keep his place. Casemiro will keep his place. I think the back five sort of picking itself at the moment. Maybe we might rest one or two because I think we've got Leeds United on Wednesday as well. So the games are coming thinking fast for us. But what is the back five then? Because I thought uh, Shaw. Shaw started left. Yeah, Tommy Tommy Heaton was in goal, so De Gea will come back in. Varane yeah. Martinez played, so they'll stay. Wambasaka will stay. Dallow's back in training, but he's not fit yet. So, again, it'll be Wambasaka. I think Shaw will keep his place just because he's playing so well at the moment. Um, just Massey is young as well, isn't he? he can yeah, they're learning. He's learning offshore. They're both really, like, com like, like competitively competing for that place in in a, in a healthy way, and it's good to see they're both getting plenty of games. Sure, sometimes slips in at centre half, so so that's been pretty good. Obviously, Casemiro starts, Bruno starts, and then Rashford, Martial will add the freshness. Fred is pretty fresh from the game, so you, I'm expecting to see five about five changes from midweek, which again leaves us in in pretty good stead. Um, but Palace is tricky because obviously the, off the back of the draw, we're playing them so sweet, um, so so quickly after. But I think we'll, like you said, in terms of revenge, we'll we'll want to sort of get revenge from that from that late draw. So I expect us to try and start the game fast. I know Palace's record at Old Trafford isn't great either, um, to be fair. And like I said, four out of the next five games are at home. We're off the back of going to a final. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the sort of Greenwood news affects the squad going into that game or whether it has any sort of impact. But I expect us to win the game. I think we'll win the game by a couple of goals, to be fair, maybe like 3-1 or something like that. But if we get off to a good start, I expect us to sort of win that game pretty comfortably, to be fair, at home. I never, ever want you to win, but I've actually picked Man United in last man standing. Yeah. It's, it's a new round, so it's a fresh I mean, start. Yeah, our home form's so good. I think it's 12 consecutive wins at home. And that's the first time we've done that since Fergie left United. So it just goes to show how, how well we're actually doing at home. We've kept, I think we've kept the most clean sheets in the whole of Europe in all competitions. So there's plenty of records sort of going our way at, at the moment. And it's down to just sort of the system that Tanag's put in place, the rotation, everybody seems happy. There's obviously going to be challenges along the way with results and drop points and, and big challenges ahead, especially with the Europa League coming back in. But we're pre as prepared as we can be. Do you know what I mean? Like we're, we're doing everything we can to put ourselves in a position where we can sort of consolidate this top four and maybe add a trophy to that. So, yeah, we just need to continue the way we, we're, we're going at the moment. And Sancho's back, isn't he? Was, did he start or was he off the bench? 
he came on um, with about 25 minutes to get, and he actually interestingly came on in, in the number 10 position and Bruno was the one that went out onto the right, which was in, an interesting tactical decision. And I, I know it's a, some um, something that a lot of people have been saying that as, would Sancho be better in the hole because he likes to link with players, he likes to play those little quick combinations and stuff. So you need him closer to, to the strikers. And he actually did quite well when he came on. He made some good runs. He didn't always get the ball, but he was always in good, intelligent position and what he did his use of the ball was good so I think it was a good little introduction for him the fans were right behind him because I know he's had some like mental health issues and stuff and it was nice to see it was a good reaction that he got um but Bruno again on that right hand side it's something interesting about Bruno on that right hand side which which is quite intriguing his delivery from the right he actually got an assist for the second goal he played a peach with the outside of his foot and Rashford cut it back for a tap in for Fred and what Bruno offers is good service from that right-hand side. Like, his crossing ability and his eye for a pass is really, really good in that role. I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing, but certainly while we're trying other players in other positions, it just gives everything for the team. So I'm really happy with how we're playing at the moment. I bet you are. Uh, mm. I'm not happy with how you're playing. I hope it all comes crumbling down. The Veghorst in Sabitzer army. And I hope Newcastle do use in the final. But that's for mm. another that's for another day, that conversation. Let's yeah. head straight to the um prediction then. You just said three one, you're sticking to that? Yeah, I'm sticking with three one. I think three one United. I think with the freshness of Rashford Martial coming back into the team, obviously the hair restored, Fred's fresh. I think we've just got a lot of continuity about the way we're playing. Everybody sort of knows their roles. They're hungry. Again, we're just looking forward to playing all these games. I know we've got a lot of fixtures, but it doesn't seem to be rotating the squad an awful lot in that sense. I think he just wants to keep the run going, keep the momentum going. And the players are just relishing the fact that they can go into these games knowing that we're confident, keeping clean sheets and, and scoring goals as well. Like I, I, we did go through a little patch where we weren't scoring many and it does worry me a little bit, like when Rashford doesn't play where the sort of consistent goals coming from, but we've been getting by churning wins out. And I think now we're getting into sort of the business end a little bit now. I know I've just hit February. There's still plenty of games, but at the same time, the pressure starts turning up. We've got a cup final in a couple of weeks. And I think now is just the time where the performances are just mattering less and less now. It's about points on the board. Just go and get three points. Doesn't matter how you get it and you just move on. And that's what I think we'll do on Saturday. That's going to lead us nicely into the Liverpool stream in a couple of minutes that we're going to record that I don't care about the, res uh, the performance anymore. I just want... Yeah. a result any kind of result any kind of positive result yeah. i can't remember the last time i've won but anyway we're going to get straight on to that um listen guys if you've enjoyed the video and my man with his knowledge about man united travis he's the man with all the inside knowledge join us again on the next stream and we'll see you on the next one peace <laughs> cheers mate <laughs>